0: Well, it's time for the golf club, and I can't think of a more fitting interview. I mean, what sums up what the golf club is all about than our next guest, Daniel Summerhays, who has been on the PGA Tour since 2007 and recently announced that he will be retiring to go back to be the head coach of his high school golf team where he played golf. And now Daniel joins us right now on the golf club. Daniel, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Randy. Thanks for having me on.
0: Uh, Well, thanks for joining us. And, uh, you know, I got to admit... um, Daniel, I, I, I was shocked when I saw it and I I found out about this. I read an article Barry Rosner from the Daily Herald, local here in Chicago, wrote a great piece about you. Um, and I know uh, you announced your retirement at the age of thirty six. Uh, you are going to go back and coach your high school your high school golf team, and you wanted your final event to be your home course, right in Utah.
1: Yeah, it was a it was a really incredible week. Um, you know, the last couple of years the The tour life, it can, it's a, it's a dog eat dog world. I mean, I love the people. They're amazing people, but just the nature of professional golf and, and professional athletics is the bigger, faster, stronger survive. And I just got a little, little, uh, little burnout on, on all of it. And the game started to slide. And, and I said, you know what? I like so many other things. I, what would I want to do post golf? And so the wheel started churning and, and I've always been a learner. I've been a, <clears throat> I've been a teacher. I've, I'm a very curious person, and I, I was like, man, I think this this uh, teaching, coaching gig could be right down my alley. So that's uh, a lot of doors opened up, and, and so that's the door that I'm I'm going to go walk through. But uh, and, until until school starts, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little more teacher educator side hustle this summer and play actually a couple more, a couple more corn ferry tour events before the uh, golf tryout start.
0: Da- Daniel, before we talk about the tournament in Utah <clears throat> and how amazing your final round was and how close you came to actually winning, to, I, I want to go back to what you, you said, something about the grind and the tour. And I am a diehard golf fan. I watch every tournament, every weekend, no matter who's playing, if tiger's in it, tiger's not in it, and I'm watching and I often think to myself, man, you know, there's 120, 125 guys in this field and you miss the cut. Like, what what is that like? What is the pressure like week in and week out? You know, not only tr- – I mean, <laughs> winning a golf tournament is almost impossible. I mean, it's so tough. But, like, <laughs> the, the grind of making the cut and making sure you got a check, like, how tough is that?
1: Yeah, a few, a few points you made that are really good. You know, you say it's almost impossible to win. And, you know, my brother Boyd, he actually – I think he was probably had his heart ripped out even more than me and my brother David out there because he, he's seen it all. He coaches Tony Finau as well. And I mean, how many times has Tony Finau been right there? I mean, he's probably taken in the last four years, second, second place, probably six or seven times, you know, and he's been close in some Um, majors too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's been all over the, the top of the leaderboard and he still hasn't he has one win in puerto rico five years ago you know and Boyd, after after my putt slid by the cup on the playoff hole and and kyle and and paul both made theirs he was like it is he says it's dang near impossible to win on, on any of these tours you know and not that it is but everything has to fall right for you so number one that it's just a credit to the the level of golf and the quality of golf number two i like to break it down is there are eat well jobs and sleep well jobs <laughs> um you know I've, I've lost a lot of sleep because of the grind and the and the pressure and trying to make the cut if you if you don't make the cut you don't get paid you know a lot of people don't don't realize that they don't compute that that oh, you're a professional golfer, oh, the tour, you know, they pay your hotel, car, airfare. No, they don't. They don't do any, any of it. It's all, it's all on you. And and to have to, you know, post the score, put a lot of work in uh, during a week, you know, you put in 40 hours until Friday of your week, and you may not get paid a, a dollar you know, and then you, and then you put in that 40 hours, you make the cut, you get paid, but you better put in another, another 20 for the week to, to make sure you get, get paid a decent check. So it definitely, it definitely is a grind and you're exactly right. A lot of people, they, they see when you turn the TV on, on, you know, a lot of people tune in Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes only Sunday. Um, but they don't realize what happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday as well. And that's, that's just as much work.
0: We're visiting with Daniel Summerhays, who is a PGA golfer for a little while longer until uh, the high school season starts. And Daniel, I, I was curious, you mentioned something about, you know, if you don't make the cut, if you don't make the cut on that Friday, what what what, what happens? Do you, do you still pay your caddy and then do you go ahead and go home or, or do you just go ahead to the next tour stop or how does that work?
1: Yeah, caddy still gets paid his, uh, his salary. You know, it's always a salary commission base deal. Um, So he still gets paid, (laughs) but, but, but we don't, um, it, it kind of depends what your tournament schedule lineup is. A lot of times I would take that Saturday to still go back out to the course and, and practice. I would evaluate what I needed to work on because, um, they have the good practice facilities on site there. And, and usually you've had your flights booked for Sunday night or Monday morning. So you're scrambling Friday night, Friday afternoon if you do miss the cut to rearrange some travel plans because you'd like to get to the next week to get going working on that golf course and studying it and analyzing it. And so it kind of throws all your plans off when you, when you miss a cut. Um, but the, uh, for the most part, I was one of the guys who decided to stay, work on my game on Saturday, and prepare for the next week. I, I'm a firm believer that there's always something to play for. Even if you know you're going to miss a cut on Friday, or if you know you're going to finish 50th, you know after you make, miss the, or after you make the cut, there's always something to play for. There's always something to learn. There's always improvement to be made. And I think that's why I was able to improve year after year and to stay out as, as long as I did. Well, Daniel, okay, so let's
0: get to last weekend in Utah. Uh, you, when did you officially announce you were going to retire? How many weeks ago was that?
1: You know, it, it, had, it had been an interesting run. I actually did um, the Corn Ferry Tour qualifying school last fall. I got through second stage and got to final stage. Didn't play very well. Um, my left foot had been really hurting me for a while. And I didn't, I didn't know why I finally got some MRIs done, had a stress fracture in the navicular bone in my left foot. And then my right ankle had been bothering me for four or five years. So I finally got MRIs on both feet and ankles. And I ended up having, you know, you, your feet are so important in golf, one, for walking, but two, for generating power and right. speed. Because you use the ground to create force, to, to create speed. And I was hitting it a club shorter with my irons. I'd lost about 15 yards on the driver. And so I finally, I said, I need to get this looked at. <clears throat> anyway, I got the MRI. Long story short, I had double ankle and foot surgery wow. uh, late January of this year. And as that happened, you know, I, I, was, I was off my feet for a month and a half still couldn't do much even after I I got walking around and, and doing things and then COVID hit. I was like, man, this is uh this is a really interesting time. I have no status pretty much. I mean I had status but conditional status to where unless I got a sponsor exemption I I wouldn't get into a single tournament or if I went and Monday qualified, but that didn't at the time sound feasible or or enjoyable for right. me. Um, so I figured, Hey, the Utah guys, though, they'll give me a, they'll give me a sponsor spot and, and, and I'll use that. But then as, as the spring went on, a lot of doors opened up for teaching and coaching. And, and I said, you know what, this family life at home and, and coaching and teaching, I'd started teaching a few private golf lessons and got, got really into that, really loved helping other people with their games and and then working with some of the education at the district you know directors and everything i was like wow this this seems like this is right down my alley and so a couple of weeks before the utah championship i was pretty much dead set on taking that road and so i even called the tournament director who had given me the sponsor exemption i was just honest with him i said hey I, i'm I want to play the tournament because I still like to compete. I've, I've been working on my game a little bit, and, and, but I totally understand the, this is the road that I'm going to go on. I'm not really going to pursue it past, past this summer. And, and He was amazing. He said, no, we want you to play. We want you to be there. We respect your decision, but we still want to give you the sponsor spot. So I was like, all right, this will be great. This will be a fun send-off, my home club, my home course, you know, I was just going to be happy to make the cut in in that right. situation from from not be, having been able to practice a ton and coming back from surgery and uh, so much time off of tournament golf. I wasn't expecting much at all. And then as the week unfolded, it was it was really emotional. It was really powerful. Corn Fairy Tour Media they they kept putting video after video after video, after video together that was making me tear up all the time. <laughs> You know, and and then how the the Sunday afternoon shook out, and making that run on the back nine and was uh, a dream come true. So, well, so just just to, um, up, just to sum it up,
0: just sum it up. You're six off the lead going into the final day, right? And yeah. and you shoot a 61, right? Is that is that correct? It was
1: 62, nine 60, under 62. 62,
0: yep. okay, and and includes the back nine eagle. And I've, if I read correctly, your family was all there watching. And you said you were tearing up when you made the putt. Um, and you had a chance yeah. on 18; you would have won the tournament if you make the putt, right? And it just right. it just lips out, or it just it just it's a little short.
1: I left it barely short, barely short, about 10 feet for for par, and then. <clears throat> um, but I still thought I had a I had a chance even with the bogey on the last. It was hard to be too disappointed. Honestly, I had just finished eagle birdie birdie the three holes before right um in fact i had gone birdie par eagle birdie birdie you know so i was five under on my previous five holes and and to bogey the last yeah i I was disappointed but i still thought i had a chance because the weather was supposed to change i mean it was windy for us but it was supposed to change directions completely it was going to drop 15 degrees it was going to start raining i was like wow that still has a legitimate chance and it It ended up being in that playoff, but um, yeah, the putt just just barely came up a little short. Sometimes, and I actually did a really good job, but you learn your tendencies under pressure when your body gets going and and the nerves start flowing. And one of my tendencies is to hit putts a little too soft. Some people hit them too hard. I tend to hit them a little too soft, and that's kind of what happened in that situation. But for most of the day, I was handling all of it really well and getting my putts to the hole.
0: So um, the final, then you get into the playoff, the three, the three man playoff, and your
1: putt was for par, right? Just, just yeah, we all, we all had. So I had about fifteen feet. Paul had about thirteen feet. He was on my same line, just right in front of me. Um, and then Kyle had about 10, 11 feet for par. So it was basically an even match, almost. I mean, negligible statistical differences on that distance of a putt. And I kind of was excited because, I like, hey, I'm out. I'm the first to putt. I can make this and put the pressure on everybody. And, uh, <clears throat> man, about four four feet out, my eyes just started getting really big, thinking, man, I did it. I did it. You know, I put the pressure right on them. And it was kind of turning in there, and then it just kind of straightened out and stayed dead straight. That putt I did get to the hole. So I, I was <laughs> proud of myself there. But, um, yeah, it, it, I usually don't react. You know, a ton to a made or miss putt, but that one kind of shocked me because I thought I had made it, and and it just slid by the cup. Um, and then to watch Paul and Kyle both make their putts was pretty impressive to to see that. Um, but what a what a uh, what a dream come true round at my home club! Pr- pretty awesome, and obviously, you know,
0: would have been even the, the most amazing you know result would have been a win, but. You have to be so proud of yourself, sixty-two. And it's funny in the article Barry Rosner wrote. He mentioned that he compared it to how Tom Watson almost won the British Open at the age of uh, the age of fifty-nine. It was that kind of you know storybook ending. It could have been at least, but you know going forward, before even final question I have for you. Like, did you do you think about that a lot? That the putts since then, since you we're now you know this is Wednesday we're taping this. Do you think about it, or is it moving on to the next tournament until, and then that's in the past.
1: Yeah, I mean, I keep I have watched the I've watched the replay of it ten or fifteen times, and I keep thinking it's going to go in, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just because it looks so good. Um, but something, you know, a, a Chicago area guy, Mark Wilson, uh, T.J. Tour player. I'm sure you guys yep. know Mark. Yep. Um, he's been he's been an incredible mentor and friend over the years. But he texted me and said, "Hey, you made that putt." It just didn't go in, <laughs> and I and I like that. Yeah, you know, he texted yeah. that to me, and and it's true. I did every. I wouldn't have. I don't regret anything. I don't regret the read. I don't regret the stroke. I don't regret the speed. I don't regret anything. And it just it. I made it. It just didn't go in, you know. So that that's a nice thought. But, um, yeah, honestly, it it was more than. Again, I went into the week hoping to put together two good rounds. Maybe make the cut, and then once Saturday rolled around, like, oh, maybe I can shoot another round, good round in the 60s, and then, and it just played out just one day at a time. So that's kind of how we need to live life, right, one day at a time. Absolutely, you know.
0: And as I read the story, I was just I thought it was such a great story, and really summarized how awesome the game of golf is, and you know how it can really just it brings out the emotion in everyone, and uh, that's why I wanted to have you on. I wish you nothing but uh, success, Daniel, with the uh, next phase of your life. And I maybe you'll still be playing a little on the tour, but uh, great story. Uh, best of luck to you and your family, and thanks for joining us in the golf club.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Randy. I really appreciate having me on.
2: Thanks, Merck. Great stuff there with uh, Randy Merkin and Daniel Summerhays. It's Carmen DeFalco, John Yerkovich, and Adam Abdallah right now on the golf club podcast. Time for our weekly update on what's happening on the PGA Tour And some betting angles for everybody. Last week on the show, Yurko mentioned Phil Mickelson. Phil made it halfway home, and it was impressive, uh, but was a no-go at the end of the day. Faltered on the weekend. Yurko also hinted towards Dustin Johnson. You know, to get a golfer like that at 25-28 to 1, DJ won the tournament, so nice job. And if you're
3: a gambler, it would be nice to know if there was a putter change. But you've got to do a deep dive on Dustin Johnson and all the information that's out there. And you still might not get the info that there's been a putter change. Would you think a putter change? It's like taking the blinkers on and off on a racehorse. But I would also think, well, what happens if he made a putter change and he's not totally comfortable with the putter yet? Jim Furyk, when the 2003 Open, after his original putter was ruled illegal, and then the people from Bettinardi, Bob Bettinardi and those guys came through. Right here in Chicago. Yes, and they came up with that little platter of a thing that was deemed legal putter, and he went and won the 2003 U.S. Open with that. Wow, thing. that's what Benton Artie blew up after right, that. Right, they did blow up after that, especially out in Japan. Boy, I tell you, there's not a <laughs> Japanese golfer without a Benton Artie putter car. Go to Tokyo. <laughs> it's like Cheap Trick. I mean, Go to Saipan. Huge in Japan. You, they're big out there. <laughs> right, Abdallah? No, yes, but the point yes. is that kind of thing is very important to know. You know, jockey changes on jockeys. These things would... Uh, with PGA golfers, all of a sudden now it clicks, it looks better, it's something different, hmm. and they get some confidence and they start stroke, uh, stroking the putt a little bit. Who would you like last week, Abdallah? Ah, Anybody Bison. hit? We no. all.
2: Bu- I busted out Abraham Answer. He think he was tied for eighth. I needed him top five. He was tied for eighth going into Sunday, but he didn't, my uh, pick was he didn't light AM. up the course. Yeah, I had
4: top five for Bison. He finished uh, sixth. Six, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bison. He's yeah. the leader. Wait, He's if he would have birdied the last hole. He missed a bad putt. If he would have yeah. birdied the last hole, it would have come, in, come so,
2: in. So Bison right now is, and yes, we know it's Bryson. We joke, Bison. But he's
4: six, I don't know if you know this, six uh, protein shakes a day. Is that what it is, six? Yeah. Oh, wait, it's five. oh, it's five now? It's five I mean, now? Maybe he's, he's, you know? he's scaling back. He's scaling back He, he leads
2: yeah. in the three tournaments, uh, guys, since they came back. He leads the, the, the field, obviously. He leads um, the PGA in scoring average. I mean, he's been pretty steady. He just hasn't been... On top to of the leaderboard yeah, yeah. when it's all set. He's the one though this he, week. He's, right? he's the shortest odds. He's yeah, the only yeah. guy that doesn't have double digit odds this week. This is the first time in the month since we're going to see the comeback that the field you'd probably say isn't as loaded and isn't as great. Uh, Bryson is 7-1. to one. Then you got Webb Simpson who will be playing this week after pulling out last week. He's 11-1. Patrick Reed is 16-1. Tyrell Hatton is 16-1. So there are your top choices for the Rocket Mortgage Classic Um, In Detroit, this is at Detroit Golf Club, a very, very old and venerable golf club, but not one that has hosted many PGA Tour events, guys. The inaugural event um, of this Rocket Mortgage was last year in Detroit. So, you know, you don't have a – these guys don't have a ton of experience playing on that course. The guy who won last year made it in as an alternate Mm -hmm. and ended up going really low, 25 under. I think 70 guys last year were under par on this golf course so even though they don't know it well they went out and they torched it last year so it's a little bit longer than the course they played in Connecticut at the Travelers last week, about yeah. four hundred
4: yards long. They're saying you got to be, you got to have really good uh, putts. You got to be a putt guy. Got to be a putt guy. You got to be a putter. You good always putter. have to be a really good putter. Yeah, to win on this the PGA one, tour, in this one, they're they're stressing putts on this one. Uh, you know, like they've been, they stressed iron play the last couple yes. courses because they're shorter courses. They're not as long. There's a couple holes where you know guys like Bryson can really unload. He had that one that. It, it people said it, what it was well. It, 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 it rolled, path yeah. It rolled the downhill yards. cart path for 150 yards, and he ended up with a 400 dr- yard drive. Yeah. It's like, okay, not really. When but. you hit it, like Yurko said, when you aim for the cart path, sometimes right. you'll take it. Not sometimes, a pass. Oh, yeah, some yeah, guys yeah. have to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some guys got to go for the path. <laughs> that big bounce. <laughs>
2: that to me, that's like that, That's not really a 428 yard drive when it rolled no. like Adam said, 130 yards down the cart path. I mean,
4: still on. impressive. Yeah.
3: You know.
2: Well, he's impressive right yeah. now.
4: I mean, he's murdering a golf ball. He's wow. averaging like 350 yards off the tee. It's incredible. That's what happens when you add mass. I'm going to go, because of, because of the putts, I'm going to go with Kevin Nye. He's been playing really well. Yes. Two top tens, a top five uh, last week. He's 33 to one. I like him at top five. Uh, uh, Plus 750. My headphones cut out. I thought my, my mic cut out. Uh, my headphones are the only ones that cut out, though. I'll, I'll edit that out in post. Don't worry. Don't worry. I'll you mark don't that. You're not have to edit anything out. I'm up gonna in mark post. that for the post. Uh, so he's 33 to 1, top five, plus 750. I also like Adam Hadwin at 50 to 1. Yeah. He's been playing really well. And my flyer, so. I did some research. This is a Donald Ross course. Yes, it is. And uh, Brent Snedeker has actually played really well at Donald Ross courses. He's won three times. He's had a couple top fives, a couple top tens. He's 70 to 1, Brent Snedeker. I like that. Now you're looking at the golf course architects and the players that do well on the Donald Ross. This
2: is one of those old Donald Ross tree line sort of classic American golf courses. I mean, this course is over 100 years old, so... Uh, I kind of like Tyrell Hatton this week. I mentioned his odds; they're a little bit shorter. He's not a long shot by any stretch. He's one of the favorites. He's sixteen to one. Still at sixteen to one. That's not a bad payday if it hits. Four top six finishes. Finished third in the one event he played on the PGA Tour since the comeback. And this guy, uh, so far on the tour this year, has just killed it in birdie average. And uh, it, you know, from. Fairway into the green. His approaches have been uh, absolutely fantastic. He's top 10 in greens and reg, so he's played pretty steady. I'm going to go with the Englishman, Tyrell Hatton. And my slightly longer shot at 45-1 to is Doc Redman. He finished second in this event last year, guys. Uh, Since the return, he's gone 58th, 21st, down to 11th. So we're seeing... Better and better play out of Doc And Doesn't kill the ball. Don't really have to, though, on this course. A few other metrics are a little bit more important. So he'll be my long-shot flyer at 45. Dude.
3: All right, I'm going to go with one name and one name only. A couple of guys I thought. Does it get any better for Brendan Todd than it did last week Ooh. when he was hitting all the fairways? And he still couldn't find a way to go ahead and solidify victory after a triple bogey seven on the uh, early on the backside. So he's out. I still look at Varner, a guy that's played well this year. But... He had his moment of greatness, and you only have so many of them. And if you don't capitalize, you don't win. Then you end up getting problems. I'm going to go with a guy whose game is starting to round into form just a little bit, and maybe looking for him to get on a little bit of a streak with the flat stick this week. I'm going to go with Jason all day. Wow, at seventy to one. Seventy. Okay. To
2: 1. Now 20. what he's you're getting done... a former major winner at seventy
3: to yeah. one. Exactly. Ooh. So he missed the cut at plus two a couple of weeks ago. Uh, The week before, he went and he was cut with minus 2 when the cut was like minus 4. Right. So, you know, he's on the fringe of playing some pretty decent golf, but not quite there. Tied for 46 last week. He cashed himself a check. He was minus 7 last week. So, I see a trend plotting a graph. Jason Day... On the way up, without a superior field here, we could see the creme de la creme of a Jason Day rise to the top here. So I'm giving out Jason Day at 70 to 1. Wow, that'd be pretty awesome if that hits at 70 to 1. And along those lines of the creme de la creme in a
2: slightly less difficult field than what we've seen. Guys like Finau and Fowler are 30, 33 mm-hmm. to 1. Mm-hmm. So maybe other guys to just take a look at, guys that have the pedigree that can maybe go out and, well, uh, do, and do a little intimidating those are big numbers on too. this golf course. Those are big numbers. I'll, I'll
3: expect Deschambeau to collapse at some point again like he usually does here. Boy, I mean, he's been He's going to win steady. one of these eventually. He uh, looks think like he's, gonna... he's on the junk, you know? that's yeah, Five protein that. shakes a day, I guess, will do Somehow it. Somehow his, his demeanor on the course It looks like he's his own worst enemy at times. But you know what it's like. He goes on tilt every.
4: Jericho, you worked out. You played in the league. You know what it's like to do uh, to do. Not saying you did it, but to do nothing but protein shakes, lift, and do no cardio. But he start looking like a bulldog. Right, he
3: has got to rein it in, though. His emotions on the course, he needs to rein in. He's his own worst enemy Yeah, he does go on tilt every once in a while. Yeah, and that's not a good thing. All right,
2: there's a few picks for everybody. Enjoy the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Hope you enjoyed the show and tune in again now. Oh, and happy 4th of July to everybody, too. Have a great uh, 4th of July weekend. Happy Independence Day. And uh, that's right, Yarko. And tune in again next week, the uh, original podcast, The Golf Club, right here on the ESPN Chicago app.